Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is finance a feminist issue? In honour of International Women's Day, the FT Money Show asks why more women don't invest. Plus, pensions down under, what the Brits could learn from the Australian savings habit, and how Britain's shrinking bank branch network is the new front line in the fight against fraud. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you all of this week's money news. The challenge of getting more women to invest their long-term savings instead of keeping them in a cash account is a topic we've covered in depth on FT Money, and it always generates a huge response from our readers and listeners. This week, the FT teamed up with Fidelity to throw an event for 60 money readers in honour of International Women's Day, and the experience has proved to us yet again that women most definitely are interested in investing. But what more could the industry do? to encourage us. Joining me now on the line is Micah Curry, Investment Director at Fidelity, who organised the event. Welcome, Micah. So tell us briefly why you put this event together. Well, the inspiration for the event came from the responses I got to a column I wrote a couple of weeks ago in your magazine. The column was entitled, Where Are All the Female Investors? And that question really came after I received a copy of a book um, entitled The New Investing Rules, and it was a compilation of what the editors of this book dubbed the world's best investors. There were 67 male contributors. There was one lonely female voice. (laughs) My point really was that as long as women are underrepresented or ignored, whether in a a book about investment, whether on boards, whether at events, or in the investment industry more broadly, the perception will be created that investing is just for blokes. And that is a problem because we know that women do tend to shy away from investing and put and they tend to put their money in cash. It doesn't mean that they're not good with money. In fact, they are much better with money than men if you look at the stats on cash ices. Overall, women hold far more ices than men, so we are diligent savers. But where we mess up is we shy away from stocks and shares ices. We still shy away from taking that plunge and investing. And you know the story because we've spoken about this so many times. Interest rates are at record lows. Even if they do start to creep up, the, the move will be very gradual, and we can't expect interest rates to come to those levels that they were 10 years ago, and inflation is very high. So women, as a collective, are getting progressively poorer because they're leaving their money in cash. 
Now, the panel discussed what more the industry could do to encourage women to engage with investing. And I've written a rather provocative FT column this week, suggesting the radical idea that in order to encourage us to make regular monthly savings into a pension or stocks and shares ISA, somebody in the industry should consider launching a marketing campaign in conjunction with Tampax, Bodyform or Always Ultra. What do you think of that? Well, I think your idea got everyone talking, Claire. And and the consensus is that it's a great idea because this is the type of uh, creative, out-of-the-box thinking we need to get women to invest. And and what what this idea does is it kind of ticks two boxes. One, it gets women engaged with investing at a very young age and in a very obvious way, it advocates the, the merits of regular investing. Now, Will it work? I have never seen one of these these packets of Tampax or body form with advertising on it, but there's a strong case to be made for it. Well, maybe they could do an, an advertising campaign. I just It struck me that because having babies and raising a family is directly linked to how much women earn and the dreaded gender pay gap, of course, um, it just seems the obvious point to engage and you know you would reach women of, of all ages. And let's face it, the levels of, um, of, of investment are so low. Any idea, frankly, um, could have some merit. But in terms of what the women at the event thought, we fielded lots of questions from women in the audience and talked to more on afterwards. What were your key takeaways from the things they said? Well, there were a lot of interesting points. For example, we had one woman who runs a startup, and she spoke about the difference between the men and the women who were investing with her, and that the women asked a lot more questions, they did a lot more research, and they tended to stick with her over the long term. And I think, you know, there are lots of generalizations out there about the difference between how men and women invest, but this really underscored that, that Yes, women might take longer to decide, they do more research, but once they've got the goal in mind, they stick to it. And it's that kind of wiring that makes for good investing. And I was struck by how much risk featured in the questions that were asked, like the right time to invest, people thinking they've got a lot of money sitting in a cash account, do they put it all into the stock market at once? Um, That was a, a kind of a common dilemma and also how wealthy you have to be to invest and people thinking well if this is money that I'm happy to tie up for 10 years that's probably a good thing but the way that the industry is currently marketing itself to women they kind of feel that all of the adverts are aimed at very rich old men. I think that that was a key point and you made it when you raised the fact that a lot of people still see investing as the pastime of, of rich old men, but the fact of the matter is that we can no longer rely on the state to take care of our pensions. So investing has become a necessity, and we've got to get that messaging out there without scaremongering, but but getting people interested in investing and getting the message out there that you can invest, in fact, with very little money if you do opt for the regular investing plan, just drip-feeding money into the market. And you don't have to be wealthy or an expert to get started. And I, in my presentation, I highlighted a few of the female fund managers out there, and they're kind of very simple, basic uh, tips and rules by, by which they invest. 
Well, fantastic. We will get you to write more about this, Micah, in a future edition of FT Money. If you want to read my column about the benefits of regular monthly investing and my crazy Tampax plan, you can do so now on ft.com slash money. And why not come to our next reader event, which is all about the sandwich generation, who are managing the finances perhaps of elderly parents and growing children at the same time, yet struggling to find time to manage their own. I'll be joined by the FT's Jonathan Ely and Rosie Carr of the Investors Chronicle, who wrote all about care costs for us a couple of weeks ago. This will be on the evening of Monday the 19th of March in the City of London. Tickets cost £35, including drinks and canaps. You can book and view full terms and conditions online at ft.com slash money events. Australians. They've got better weather than us. They like having barbecues. And they're also much better at saving money into their pension funds. On a recent trip back home, Josephine Cumbo, the FT's award-winning pensions correspondent, found herself talking about pensions with family and friends around the barbie. And she joins me now to explain what we can learn from the Antipodean system. Welcome, Jo. G'day, Claire. G'day. <laughs> so tell me, why are Australian pensions... So, super. Okay, there are several reasons why the Australian superannuation system, and it's called superannuation, is rated among the best in the world. Firstly, they got it sorted much earlier than we did. I mean, 25 years ago, there was a deal struck with unions and the government to set up something called the superannuation guarantee, which really bakes pension saving or retirement saving into the Australian psyche. And under this guarantee... Employers are forced to make contributions into a super account on behalf of eligible employees and they're currently required to make contributions of 9.5%. So the employee doesn't do anything, it's the employers who are compelled to do this. So this has meant that for 25 years there's been a lot of nest eggs growing and getting and, and getting bigger. Also, the Aussies get into the savings habit much earlier. Mm. With teenagers, even my young teenagers. niece, my young niece had a, several, several super pots just from part-time jobs, which was great because she was really engaging and she was she was looking at it. And I think it's a real struggle to get any teenager interested. Well, yeah, in pensions. But given that she thinks that there won't be any old age pension for her, she knows how important it is to build up her private pot. So, I mean, reading your column, I was struck by how engaged your whole family in Australia was with pension savings. But is that down to your influence as the pensions correspondent or are all Australians aware of the importance of yeah, saving I think up? They're a bit, yes, I do talk about pensions quite a lot with my family. And it's quite unusual, but not as unusual as you might think in mm. Australia. There is just people, mates, talk about their pensions around the barbecue. And the reason why it's quite normal uh, and accepted is that there is a, a bit of a competition and competitive element going on with super accounts. Like my and, pension's bigger than your pension. Absolutely. Oh. Um, and the reason underpinning all of that is unlike the UK, Aussies can choose where their super is invested and don't have to stick with the provider chosen by their employer. In the UK, if you don't like the pension scheme your employer has chosen, then the employer may not pay their contributions if you want to shift your money elsewhere. This means that most people are stuck with mm. the scheme chosen by the employer. And if it's not a very good one or it's become uncompetitive, um, then you're stuck, basically. 
But because Aussies have the freedom to move their super, there's more competition among super providers for their cash. And this is, you can really see this when you pick up a newspaper and there's league tables showing which superannuation accounts are performing best. And and that's where the conversations start around the barbecue and, and mates talk to each other. But they also help each other, you know, on investment strategy. So that is something that, we don't, I mean, barbecue weather is something we don't have here, maybe around the dinner table. <laughs> yes. Those kind of conversations just won't happen. I think it's because there is more visibility of superannuation. There's also that sort of sense that it's something that is acceptable to talk about, which, which means people are more engaged. Absolutely. And I, I can totally see that by lifting the veil, as it were, between the employer just deciding where it goes and it gets sucked into a black hole, um, that, that, has, that has created that engagement. But what other aspects of the Australian system would you dearly love the UK to import? Well, I think the biggest lessons we could learn from Down Under, now the, the Down Under system isn't perfect by any means, but the saving side, I think they've, they've got pretty, pretty right. On adequacy, I think the UK does need to seriously look at raising minimum savings levels for automatic enrolled workers. Currently, millions of people who have been signed into workplace pensions in this country are only saving 2%, and that is far from adequate. I mean, they're due to rise to 8% by 2019. And it's going to go up in April. Yes, mm. and it's going to go to 5% next month and then 8%, but that's com- contributions from both employers and employees. But the UK government has no road plan as yet to raise these minimum contributions beyond 8%. So most people are probably going to sleepwalk into a bit of a disappointment in retirement if if that isn't addressed. So that is one thing that we need to get to grips with quite solidly and quite soon. The other lesson I think we could learn is about engagement. Aussies are are very much engaged, as I've just said to you, and one of the reasons why, what's driving that is the superannuation funds really do work much harder in the workplace to get people owning up to their savings contributions. Now, they recognise, many Australians recognise that 9.5%, while it might sound good, the contributions are still not enough. So what these superannuation funds do is they offer reviews, they get people engaged in coming into the workplace or have seminars, and then they can look at their investment strategy and to see whether they're saving enough. So that triggers some thinking and people don't sort of bury their heads in the sand and that gets people... Saving adequately, and they don't have this ridiculous approach to being terrified of the word advice. Yes, no, no one gets a knickers in a twist about someone coming in who isn't uh, offering a full suite of personal recommendations, giving them a tip or some advice. I mean, they're over that. There's no problem. It just triggers. There's lot. There's lot more points uh, for review, particularly thirty-year-olds and forty-year-olds. There's more of them. I was really quite struck with the number of people who are in their thirties having super reviews. That's something that sort of you can change the course of your retirement if you're dealing with a problem early. Exactly. You don't want to wait until you're in your 50s or 60s. Well, thank you very much there, Josephine Cumbo, the FT's pensions correspondent. You can read her full column, What Can We Learn from Australia's Super Pension System, now on ft.com slash money. Britain's vanishing bank branch network is a subject close to our hearts here at FT Money, and even more so now that branches have emerged as a key weapon in the fight against fraud. But how savvy are you, and could you even spot a scammer? I'm joined in the studio by Lindsay Cook, our money mentor columnist, who has written about the issue in her column this week. Welcome, Lindsay. 
Good morning. So the last time you visited your local Santander branch, you noticed what you describe as a Spanish Inquisition. Tell me more. (laughs) Well, there were two people ahead of me, both quite elderly. One was a man trying to pay his tax bill and the other was a woman who was getting a sum of money out. And both were having an identical statement read by different counter staff to them. It was quite a lengthy statement. Um, and it was asking them, uh, well, it was saying police and other officials would never ask you to transfer money to another account and they wouldn't ask you to withdraw money. But it was quite a lengthy statement and it was done seriously. And every couple of minutes or every couple of seconds, the person said, do you understand that? Are you happy with going ahead? And I thought, uh, although I made it a jokey intro, I thought that was an excellent service because it was protecting older people because there are so many fraudsters nowadays. You choose any bank and you get a different statistic, but this is a good service which is helping people when banks are not really doing enough um, to help those of us who are online. Now, the particular type of fraud that this is looking to address is when people are encouraged to make a direct transfer from their bank account into another bank account. Now, sometimes that can be through an email scam, um, for usually a builder or a solicitor who maybe they owe money to legitimately anyway. But that email gets hacked and the fraudster puts a new bank account um, reference on there, or it could be a romance fraud um, saying, you know, I'm, I'm in love with you, Lindsay, but I'm stuck in Sierra Leone and need you to wire me many thousands of money so I can fly back and, um, and our marriage can be arranged. You know, there's all kinds of, um, of different permutations. Absolutely. And um, Santander reckoned there were 600 million scam attempts on their customers in 2016. They reckoned 74% of their customers are targeted by scammers. Now, Good Lord. that is amazing. Payment systems regulator says 100 million went missing in six months last year. Now, these are big amounts of money and the banks don't seem to be yet they're consulting on it, but they don't seem to be yet able to deal with tracking the money. It seems anybody but an honest person can open a bank account um, very easily and get it set up and can open it in your or my name so that we can transfer money or, or in a solicitor's name. And then it looks like it's the thing and people transfer to it. Um, the rest of us have to have bank statements and passports or driving licenses yeah, to open to, an account. I had to go in in person with all of this when I opened, yeah. um, when so I switched my bank account last year. So it's under consultation. From September, if we're lucky, the banks will start having to reimburse us if they haven't done enough to prevent the frauds taking place. Now, September may slip to September next year or whatever, but it's moving the right way. At the moment... Barclays and others have a banking protocol which, again, protects people who are being scammed in the old-fashioned ways where they're wanting a couple of hundred pounds to get a tree pruned or something like that and it's somebody who doesn't come, oh, get their roof repaired. And again, that's something that's in branch and the branch can ring this hotline and the police and others will come to the aid of the customer yeah. in situ. Yeah. So the bank so far... And and they are looking after older customers or more vulnerable customers. So that is a good thing. I'm not against it, but I'm thinking they need to do one hell of a lot more to look after the rest of us. And finally, what can we do personally to protect ourselves from fraud? What are your top tips? Just don't open any emails from people you're not expecting them from. 
be sceptical as they keep saying your bank won't ask you to do things. They won't ask you for numbers. They won't ask you to transfer money. Just be aware of that. And occasionally banks let us down. My husband got a call the other day uh, saying it was from the fraud department. And he said, I, I put the phone down on them because it was it obviously was some um, some fraudster. Actually, it wasn't. He got a letter two days later. But I'd rather him do that. Because if you get somebody asking questions about recent payments and transfers and things like that, and where have you been, it could be somebody on a fishing expedition. So the banks mm. need to look after us. We need to look after older relatives, make sure that they are doing things properly. I, I have a relative who asked me to book train tickets for her because she doesn't trust online. Part of me thinks I should say... Do it. Enter the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. But equally, I think, well, I'd be tr- it'd be awful if she did it and then somehow her savings were taken. And one of the problems with older people is that they don't they're not living on an overdraft. Mostly they are. They've got savings. They've and got if a they're lot all, of money. Yeah. And if they're all linked together, if their current account is hacked, then the whole lot could go. Mm, absolutely well thanks very much there to Lindsay cook the ft's money mentor you can read her full column online now how bank branches are leading the fight against fraud on ft.com slash money or in the money section of this saturday as part of the ft weekend newspaper that's it from the money show this week to get in touch with our team of writers or ask one of our experts to look into your financial dilemmas please email us our address is money at ft.com or tweet us at ft money and don't forget you can read all of the articles mentioned on the podcast and more on our website ft.com slash guess what money we'll be back next week at the usual time goodbye small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.